two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Spring is here, spring is here, life is Skittles, and life is... It's it's not spring, Betsy. Beer, Kate. The what? answer is beer. No, the answer is summer, Betsy. Spring is here, spring is here, life is Skittles, life is beer. This is very classic. Ew, that's gross. I think the loveliest time of the year is the spring. Don't you? Of course you do. No, I don't. Sure you do. Fall um, is so much better than spring. Yeah, but spring's wonderful. But you're right. It has we the last had week. Spring. The it last went, week has went, felt like summer. But from, it's over, Kate. It's over. As of today, it's back to spring. No, no, no. It's gone from winter to summer, back to winter. Allow me to point out, you're wearing jeans and a sweater over a shirt. So your argument that it is summer, it's faltering, Kate. It's faltering real bad. We have the air conditioning on. Yeah sweater and jeans i'm just saying my house has air conditioning too and you don't see me in sweater and jeans okay to be fair most of my clothes are packed and i can't unpack them yet <laughs> yes it's okay. been a month yes right. my clothes are still in boxes that's actually a very legitimate excuse <laughs> i can't argue with don't that. ask me to find the shorts because i don't know where they are okay fair enough uh so until you find the shorts then uh what's this podcast about kate uh children's picture books yes picture books you're absolutely right we uh, we look at them we read them, we consider them, we consider whether they're good, we consider if they're bad, we consider both things. Yep. And then we make a determination. Yep. And the world hears us and agrees. Nope. Pretty sure that's how it goes. Nope. Yep. <laughs> so uh, that's the nature of the podcast and so the nature of today's book. So I was worried about today's book. I was worried that the author was a pseudonym for someone we've done many times I did my research. The person is not a pseudonym. This person actually existed. So I'm going to pull the book out of my bag. Okay. Here we go. All right. A booda 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 boo. It's that one I'm pointing to right there. A fish out of water. Yes, bye. Folks, I'm holding up the big purple book of beginner's books, which contains about six different easy books. I don't know. What does it say? Anyway, it's, it's Helen Palmer. Okay. It's Helen Palmer. <laughs> Helen Palmer. It's illustrated by P.D. Eastman. Oh. This is a remarkable book in that this is one of the two easy books that were in our grandmother's house really? when I was growing up. Yes. And it, they were always in our mom and Aunt Judy's bedroom. Huh. And so I read this in the dimming summer light many a time. So I have fond, fond childhood memories. But does it stand up to scrutiny today? That is the question you must answer. Okay. Go for it. While Kate does a read, let's... Uh, I, need a, I need a show of hands. Show of hands here, people. Okay. How many of you think I lied? And that Helen Palmer... I'm doing a little air quotes here. Helen Palmer is just another pseudonym for Dr. Seuss. Come on. How many, how many of you? That's a... Oh, it's a fair amount number of you. Yeah. Um, that is an understandable reaction. Particularly when you consider... That, uh, and I think it was 2011, The Bipolo Seed, a collection of Sioux stories that had been published in various places, 
uh, was, you know, my compendium, if you will, came out. And one of the stories was Gustav the Goldfish, which right there, Gustav. Um, and it was written by Dr. Seuss. It appeared in Red Book Magazine in June of 1950. A Fish Out of Water was released in 1961. Whence the coincidence? Whence Helen Palmer? I'm going to give you a clue. You ready for this? Her full name, Helen Palmer Geisel. Hello. Hello. I read a book. Oh, good. Was it an easy book? Uh, yeah. Good. I mean, that's, that's a kind of book. It's I mean, book. I don't know about easy. I have a lot of questions. Oh, okay. Well, then let's just dive on in. Yeah, it's great. So, <laughs> so the pet store owner is Mr. Carp. Yes. He sells fish. He sells a fish to this kid who doesn't have a name. But the, That kid does not have a name. You're right. But he names... Our nameless hero. Yeah, but he names the fish that he wants Otto. Automatically, I'm like, number one, why is the water green? Uh, it's chlorinated. <laughs> he hasn't cleaned the, he hasn't cleaned the algae yet. Ah. Okay, I'll right. go with that because I'll talk to you about chlorine later. Oh, okay. And number two, I do like that he's wearing arm garters. I love that he's wearing arm garters. So he gives the kid this fish in a fish bowl. Yep. Mm. And says, now you can only feed him a little bit. You can't give him too much. Mm. You just have to give him this very little bit, which, okay. That's good advice, because otherwise fish eats too much, his fish dies. Right. Right. Easy instructions. Yeah. Not that hard to follow. So the kid takes the fish home. He gives him a little bit. Hmm. And then it says, but this did not make Otto happy. He wanted more food. And I'm like, what makes the kid think that the fish wanted more food? Did he read his little eyes? He got those big eyes, those biggy fishy eyes just going blink, blink. Blink, blink. So he decides, okay, I'm going to give the fish the entire box of fish food. At that point, I don't know what was in this food. Maybe it was helium. <laughs> but the fish grows to the size of the bowl somehow. Begging the question, how would you get it out? But yes. R- right. Well, mm. he's slippery. Okay. Well, I mean, he's... All right. I, I know. We'll, I don't we'll know. We'll accept it. it. Maybe okay. it just sucks in real hard. I just don't understand what was in this food to make the fish grow. I mean, it was it was like faster than chia was pets. It, the, it was. Was it the food or was it the fish? Which 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 one's the problem here? Uh, Could any other fish have been like fine in this similar situation, but this is particular fish had this reaction? I think it's something in the food. I think it if you just food. if you just sprinkle the food on any fish, it'll grow. And continue. I don't. There's something in that food, man. There was something in the food. Anyway, so the fish grows out of his bowl because he's so big that the kid is like, I'm just gonna keep calling him the kid because he doesn't have a name. We can name him Bub. <laughs> Bub. I don't know. Um, so Bub. the 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 kid takes the fish, puts him in a vase. Mm. Uh, the fish then grows out of the vase, like you do. Like you do. And uh, and he's like, okay, I'm going to put the fish in something else. And so he grabs the flower bowl which why not just say vase but whatever <laughs> flower bowl and he runs into the kitchen and he puts the fish in a pot pots and pans pots and pans well the pot was too small i could have told you that just by eyeballing that pot but sure so he tries all these other pots and pans mm. while just leaving the water running yeah good um, call which was <laughs> like, just like like where out these, the whole time. Meanwhile, I'm like, where are these kids' parents? Like, nowhere in sight. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. 
he this is why we don't allow my children to just walk to the pet store and buy any old thing with because money. they'll come home and they'll get a fish that expands rapidly and then they'll just get water everywhere and yes that is exactly <laughs> what is the exact reason why it's what i tell them every day when they ask this is the first time that the fish's uh facial expression <laughs> changes is when he goes from a pot to a bigger and what pot. would you what would you say the fish is thinking in this moment Oh dear! <laughs> oh, he's British. He's a British fish. I mean, what would you? What do you think he's saying? I don't know. The fish is like I. The fish doesn't have an expression of like he's been through this before, but he's definitely got a resigned look to him. Like, well, there's nothing to be done here. I mean, it's the first time that the fish has closed his mouth. That is a good point. So that's because he, he needs to retain as much as he can. So maybe he's he signed through his gills. <laughs> <laughs> At which point, the kid grabs Otto strong, by the tail. Strong kid. How much does a giant goldfish weigh? Because this kid is carrying the fish by his tail up a flight of stairs, and the fish is the size of the kid, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Easily. I'm like, That's a skinny kid. So then I was like, okay, how? What, what is the world record for the heaviest goldfish? Well, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the biggest goldfish was two pounds. <laughs> So, yeah. Now, there's other fish that are gold that weigh more. Maybe he's a koi. Exactly. Yeah, those things get huge. But I'm assuming that this is a goldfish. And if we're going with goldfish, two pounds is the max. Okay. So, I don't know. All right, so I'm not impressed at all. (laughs) So, he's just carrying a two-pound fish. Mostly air in there. (laughs) Buoyant. He's just bouncing up the stairs. This is fine. (laughs) He's bouncing the fish up the stairs. And throws him in the tub, where, again, green water is just, like, splashing into this tub. And I'm like, what is wrong with the water in this town? Well, this book was made in 1961, uh, before fluoridation? I'm out to sea. I don't know. He puts the fish in this tub. He's like, okay, this will hold you. It holds Mm -hmm. my mom. It holds my dad. So the kid does have parents. Yeah. And they're they're the largest people I know. So (laughs) So it must hold you. Gotta hold you. It must hold you, Otto. Well, at that point, the so fish has clogged the drain. Mm-hmm. Water has filled up to the kid's waist. So they've been in there for quite some time. Yes. Um, the fish is clearly not happy with the circumstance that he is now in and needs to be uh, removed. Right. So mm-hmm. the kid is like, okay, well, what can I do now? Well, he, apparently there was so much water in the bathroom. That it just busted down the door. Okay. I can think of two movies in which this exact situation has played out. Can you think of two movies where this exact situation has played out? No. The answer is Paddington the movie. Never saw it. Which I highly recommend. And uh, The Shape of Water. Never saw it. Yes. And they both had uh, a similar actor in both films. One, how did it get out of the bathroom door? That's true. And two... How did it not break the stairs on its way down? Well, let's look at it this way. For all we know, you know how some fish are like completely flat, like when you like they're really broad on the side, but they're yeah. like flat when they, maybe that's this kind of fish. Though we do see him from other angles, so yeah, he's quite uh, rotund. rotund. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. Yes. So spherical, like a globe. <laughs> so the kid, uh, well, uh, the the fish is barreling down the stairs turns a corner because mm-hmm. that's how the water is flowing True. down into the well they say the cellar 
which I thought was like the basement. That's a basement. Right. That's a basement. Well, on, on the on. way down, the kid grabs the telephone. And the newel post. And decides to call the police. He calls and he says, I fed my fish too much. Mr. Carp told me not to, but I did. <laughs> Mr. Carp, that known that known deviant. Well, yeah, the policeman is like, what? Mr. Carp told you not to do it, but you did? Oh, too bad. I will come at once. And I'm thinking... What kind of reputation does Mr. Carp have? <laughs> he has a terrible reputation. We do get a hint later that he's been through this all before. I mean, but the policeman knows what kind of emergency this yeah. is because the kid just had to say two words. Yeah. Mr. Carp. I'll be right there. So he runs over with his gun. Yeah. Because that's needed. What is he going to do? <laughs> shoot the fish? Like, Well, maybe it's full of air. And if you just shoot it, it will, it will just... <laughs> deflate like a yeah balloon? okay like that. well he the kid points to where the fish went he's like he's down in the cellar and they go down to the basement With the world's smallest butterfly net <laughs> where the fish is like quite large at this point yeah. um and the policeman is like look he's too big to stay in the cellar we got to get him out extra points to pd eastman the illustrator on this book for the loving care he bestowed on doing a picture of a boiler in that basement. Yes. He clearly really cared again getting it right. Do you know what he also put loving care into? What's that, Kate? <laughs> oh my. Are you really? Are you really gonna? The policeman's go butt eating his pants? <laughs> it's wedgie. Just say wedgie, Kate. Oh, it's a wedgie. It is chomping at the bit, yeah. Betsy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I don't know. I've always been really disturbed by how P.D. Eastman draws butts. This is just me. They're like, always sharp and bony. No, the kid butt is fine. The kid fine. butt's fine, but adult the, males the have weird butt butts is, in P.D. Eastman books. It is eating those pants. It is so hungry. It's like, I'm just going to eat my way out of you're this. Just, you're just saying starting that if, with it the pants. Could, if it could speak, it would be saying munch, it'd, munch, munch, It'd be saying, nom, 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 Yeah, it's... Only you would notice that, Kate. <laughs> Only you. How can you not? It's so... Anyways. I was looking at the giant fish they were pushing out of a hole. Oh, yeah. So they, they do carry it up some stairs and push it out of a giant hole in the wall. Sure, I, I've got a side door in my basement, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at this point, they get the fish out, but um, his, <laughs> and his mouth is closed, uh-huh. and he's, he's again doing his gilly sigh. <laughs> and the kid says, look, the fish has to have water. Um, we must take him to get water. Get help. Call for help on the radio. <laughs> And at that point, why did the policeman just tell the kid that Otto should die and make the kid <laughs> learn his lesson? Because Mr. Carp wouldn't approve, kid. Fish must die. The, just, kid, you, you made a mistake. You need to bear the consequences. Because he's a good man, Kate. That's why he didn't do that. Oh. It's not the fish's fault the kid's an idiot. Well, the policeman jumps on the radio <laughs> and calls the fire department. Of course he does. At which point... My favorite line of the entire book oh, wow. what, is what, right what, here. What? It's the fireman. <laughs> who, because the, the policeman says, a boy has fed a fish too much. And the fireman goes, a boy has fed the fish too much? Ha, huh, we will come at once. <laughs> it's, it's, I was kind of half hoping he'd say, is Mr. Carp involved? <laughs> it's like, I mean, I, I, like, I like your, uh, your 1930s radio guy. Voice. That's good. A boy has fed the fish too much? We will come at once. Kind of a peculiar looking fireman to begin with. So. And then yeah. they come, and it's the ZFD, 
What's the? Z- <laughs> it's the z- well fire, fire department. department. I can get. Yeah, I do that. But do they live in Zion? I don't have no idea. Why is there a Z? I don't know. What does the Z stand for? I don't know, man. We never find they, like, out. No. Did he just? What want- does it mean, P.D. Eastman, who has been dead for decades? What does it mean? I don't know. But all right, then- all right, listeners, if any of you can tell us the answer to why the side of the fire truck says ZFD, please email us at fusegate8 at gmail.com. At this point, I do kind of feel for Otto because you look at him. <laughs> what, you didn't feel for Otto before this? No. It's not his fault, man. It's, it's this look on his face of, <laughs> I'm going to die. This is oh, it. Yeah. yeah. This is the end. Yeah, he is facing his fishy mortality. He never asked for any of this. Nah. And he He's not even, like, resisting. No. He's just. He's just accepted. This is, this is the way I'm going to go. Yeah. Being hung upside down by a fire truck. <laughs> this is While a- the Keystone cops of firemen attempt to attach me to a pair of wheels? Yeah. Yeah, they've attached wheels to a Yeah. Fish. I don't know it how. It sounds like a metaphor, but I don't know. Because there's no mean. rope attaching the fish to the wheels. No, it's just his weight, his now surrender to the death that you must accept. I weight. somehow the wheels are balancing underneath the fish and they are rolling. Down a hill. The wheels on the fish go round and round, round and round. But this is where I get to the chlorine, because they say, to the pool, and please hurry. Okay, so they're going to take this fish to a pool. Correct. At which point, I thought to myself, what happens when a goldfish enters chlorine? I actually wonder that. Well, I looked it up, Betsy. Okay, sure. And this is what the interwebs said. Tell Tell me, interwebs. In fish... Chlorine burns the gills. At the same time, it absorbs into the bloodstream and causes burns throughout the fish. <laughs> this is the most horrifying thing you've ever told me I mean, in relation to a children's book. <laughs> I mean, the cop could have just shot the fish. Is it not ironic that the fire department is going to have him burned from the inside out? I mean, you should have just shot him in the head. It would, I mean, have, been, it would have been. Now this fish, fish is going to be they? burned from the inside okay, out. Okay, we know that's the case for a small goldfish, but if the fish was very large, I feel like we have to Mythbusters this. Like, if the fish was really large, would it die as fast? I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's uh, still giving chemical burns on the outside. Right. And it's still going into the okay. bloodstream. Did so, they, cl- I assume, but when did they start chlorinating public pools? I, well, I don't know. Do you I mean, think that maybe it's not a chlorinated pool? And that's why it's green? Yes. <laughs> Algae. <laughs> well, I Algae. was too busy counting how many males there were in this pool versus females. Interesting. Because huh. he, they, get You're to, right. <laughs> they get to the, what? the pool. Maybe it's the YMCA. They drop the fish into the pool. Yeah. The firemen are telling Which all is the these, only time he looks happy, by the way. Well, I, yeah, because he's excited. That yeah, he's he going thinks to he's going to breathe he's and not burn to death. But yeah, he can't smell it yet. I'm counting all of these people that are running out of the pool, and I counted 20 men, uh-huh. three women, interesting, and two unknowns because there's a leg here <laughs> and there's a top of a head here. So that's um, uh, a little that's, unbalanced. That's pretty disproportionate it is i would not want to be those women at that pool (laughs) thank you so anyway they drop the fish into the pool but the fish is getting bigger so now everyone is pointing at the little boy and saying you take that fish out of here again just like last week let's blame it all on the (laughs) little kid who did not i would completely agree with you also there are firemen involved 
And they're just watching. And they're just watching. They're completely useless at this point. So the little kid decides to run to a payphone. Mm-hmm. Payphone. Okay. Yeah. We're kind of getting an idea right. as to time here. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls Mr. Carp and says, I fed the fish too much. I need your help. And Mr. Carp goes, ugh. I always knew you would. Boys I days. always say don't, but boys always do. Yeah. Mr. Carp oh. comes to the pool and he's got a toolbox mm-hmm. and he's got all this stuff. And so they he jumps into the pool mm-hmm. with his black box and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely the fish starts to diminish in size. And the pool has turned into like a turbine a sort of whirlpool. thing. A whirlpool. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's slowly getting smaller. You can't see Mr. Carp. You can't see the fish until, boom, Mr. Carp jumps out of the pool, lands on a diving board. Which is impressive. And it has impressive. Otto the fish in a fish bowl, which came out of... Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't he have a bag or something? Maybe it came out of the policeman's pants. I don't don't know. But somehow... It's a very big men's bathing suit he's wearing. (laughs) Probably just... I have no idea. Maybe it was in the black box. Maybe he was already at the bottom of the pool. Who's to say? He got the fish. He gives it to the little boy. He's like, don't ask me how I did it, but here's your fish. Okay. That's (laughs) not... Ask questions, yeah. That's that's not weird. Never And he says, from now on, please don't feed him too much. And so the little boy gives him just a little spot because now he knows what will happen. Correct. The moral of the story is uh, don't take your fish to a public pool, I think. Oh, I thought it was to get pants that fit you. That could actually be it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I want to know what your theories are as to what happened in the bottom of okay. that pool. To, to answer that, you need to go back a page. You're, you're on the very last page, but you go back to... okay. Note the tools that were taken with Mr. Carp. He's got at the a time. judge's gavel. He has a judge's gavel, and he has a wrench. And, uh, uh, and a I, those are the two most prominent tools. I, there may be a third, but as far oh, as I can tell, and a stethoscope. And a stethoscope, right? So, and a, and he has a little box, a little a little metal a little box, black, little black box, a little black box. Yeah. And uh, so yes, so I think it's pretty clear. That what now? I think that's what he used to shrink the fish. So he used the wrench mm. to like what um, squeeze part of it. And then he used the stethoscope to make sure that the heartbeat was still going. And then he used the gavel to smash the <laughs> fish into bits and just get Honestly, I think he simply opened the valve and the fish shrank down to its normal size. That's, I have no idea. Don't, he, he was very clear on this. Don't ask him how he did it. Okay. Don't, you don't want to know. Yeah, don't ask Because you can't unknow it. Yep. So P.D. Eastman did the art for this book. Um, we have done at least two P.D. Eastman books, possibly three. We've done three. So we've done Go Dog, Go. Oh, yeah. Right? We've done Are You My Mother. Uh-huh. We've done, uh, and I always get the, the name wrong. Is it, uh, it it's Gus and Gus Sam and, it's or Gus Sam and, and Gus? Gus and the Firefly, right? Or is it or Gus Sam? and Sam and Gus, Sam and the Firefly? Sam and the Firefly, because <laughs> Gus is a Firefly. I always want to say Gus and the Firefly, but it would make no sense. Sam and the Firefly. And now this one. So Her- Helen Palmer, uh, as I mentioned uh, on the interim when you were not here, her full name was Helen Palmer Geisel. Can you think of another, uh, oh. another famous Geisel out there? Was she Dr. Seuss's wife? Yes, she was. She was Dr. Seuss's wife. Um, he had written a story for Red Book called Gustav the Goldfish. Hmm. Uh, it was exactly the same as this, pretty much. The words were different, but the story was the same, essentially. It was Gustav instead of Otto. It was Mr. Van Bus 
instead of Mr. Carp. Uh, but everything else was pretty much the same. If people want to read that story, you can find it in the 2011 collection The Bibolo Seed and Other Lost Stories, where they found Dr. Seuss stories in magazines and stuff and collected them into one book. Now, he, uh, in 1959, so this, he, he made it for Red Book in, what was it, 1950. And then in 1959, he, he gave his wife formal permission to write a book for the Beginner's Book series, which, where this was, using his story saying, quote, you have the right to use any of the situations or any of the words from the original story that your little heart desires. He actually wrote that part. You must, however, comply with all necessary steps in protecting my original copyright. Uh, so she rewrote it. Um, she said that the last revision was the 9,373rd uh, vision, version of the book. Um... And uh, I would say it was her best-known story to this date. Um, but this, this story ends on a sad note. She, she died of suicide in 1967. Wow. Of barbiturates. Um, we know this because she left a letter. Ten months later, he married the much younger Audrey Diamond, a woman he had actually been seeing, it's pretty well documented, before his wife had committed suicide. Wow. Mm-hmm. It is quite known that his wife knew of the affair, and uh, you'll find that her Wikipedia page does not mention any of this. Uh, this is mentioned in several Dr. Seuss biographies. And it does say on the Wikipedia page that her, his secretary, Julie Ulf, called Helen's death, quote, her last and greatest gift to him. Wow. Stone cold. So cold. Now, she was had many illnesses that were very painful to her as well. However, however, however... And by the way, Audrey Diamond uh, only died two years ago? Two years ago. She was so much younger than him that she's been the reason that we have all these Seuss movies and stuff out. She just, anything Seuss-related, she just farmed that thing out. Quick as a wink. Wow. Ratings time. I gave it a 6.5. Yeah. I thought it was a fun story. Um you know, it's uh, it's it lacks some color. I mean, it's mainly well, two colors of the time. You know, <laughs> colors expensive, man. You gotta. I don't know. Hmm. I'm just I'm just fishing around here. Yeah. Okay. Fishing All right. What did you rate yeah. it? Uh, actually, uh, six point five. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. We are as one. We give it a classic. That's a classic. That's a classic. All right. All right. Letters time. Okie dokie. This first one comes from Christine. And uh, she says, I have a non-picture book aside to add to the Day the Cow Sneezed episode. This was the last episode we did. Uh, the James Floca Flora? Flora book, yes. She says, were you aware that the Uniroyal Tire Sculpture standing next to I-95 outside of Detroit was originally a Ferris wheel in use at the 1964 New York World's Fair? She is mentioning this because there is a Ferris wheel in the day the cow sneezed. Were you, were you aware of this fact? Nope. Nor was I. Let me just uh, add something else. She said, uh, listening to this episode reminded me of Stand Back, said the elephant. I'm going to sneeze. And then she included a link for that as well as the giant tire uh, Ferris wheel. So I'll include those both in the show notes. Grown-up things we like. So there is this NASA engineer turned YouTuber named Mark Rober. And he put together this video he had done a previous video of um, where he pranks package thieves with these 
stinky glitter bomb boxes. But recently, during quarantine, he decided to make a 21-minute video of these. It's like American Ninja Warrior meets Wipeout meets um, National Geographic, where his squirrels keep on eating the food out of his bird feeders. So he wanted to develop a squirrel-proof bird feeder. He tried multiple times with multiple different ways of doing it. Nothing worked until he created like this obstacle course for these squirrels to go through. And he they, they managed to get through this obstacle course. And it's very funny. I highly recommend it. Um, you'll include the link in the show notes. Oh, absolutely. I'll put the video in there. Yeah. Check out this YouTuber, Mark Rober, R-O-B-E-R. He's very funny, incredibly smart. Check out his videos. Two thumbs up. I agree. You told me about it. I showed it to my kids because there's a lot of physics going on there. Yeah. As to why... It's very educational. It's very educational. But hilarious. I So my thing is not just his videos, but the fact that because I've been homeschooling my kids so much during this whole pandemic... I've been really searching, trying to find good science-related things for them to watch. Um, we watched Science Max. Science Max is the best. Uh, we watch Mythbusters Junior, where there's a fair, there's some science in that. Uh, and then we've been watching Mark Rober because he's got good science and he's kid-friendly. So, two thumbs up for science-related videos you can show your children. Cool. Hooray. Now, I think next week you should give me like a real stinker because I feel like we've been doing too many classics. All right. I'll see if I get access to a stinker. I've, if I have to buy a stinker for my library's ebook collection just so that I can give it to you, that's going to be a, a level of dedication that I'm not, I'm not sure I'm capable of giving. But It's either that it. or a science-related book. A science-related classic. That's your challenge. That is a challenge. All right. While I mull (laughs) over this challenge, and dear listeners, you can send me suggestions if you'd like to. Uh, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fusing, Kate is a Fuse number eight production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number eight Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our clever squirrel is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.